Welcome to the Wheel Nerds. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 121. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And Chuck, it's fall. And we're wearing matching yoga pants. Wheel Nerds branded matching yoga pants. Available soon. So we've got here some of this lovely hot chocolate with pumpkin spice flavoring that my wife was good enough to provide for us. Mmm, pumpkin spice. Mm, let's give it a try. Um, yeah. It's got, um, kind of tastes like dark chocolate, hot chocolate with like a, you know, I think, I think maybe they were, yeah, they were confused. This doesn't taste like pumpkin innards taste. Uh-huh. No. This tastes like pumpkin plants taste. It tastes sort of like a... Like the leaves and a, the stems. A potpourri. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah, there it is. It, it, it's a... I'm drinking a potpourri from someone's bathroom. Mm-hmm. No, no. This, this, is, this is... It's more than that. This is like a magical seasonal potpourri elf. Magical. What's this? Pooping. This is a pumpkin spice Oreo, which we also found Pumpkin spice the same Oreo? Store. <laughs> <laughs> because... I mean, how could you not buy something like that? Clearly. Mmm. Now, this one really tastes like potpourri. Tastes autumn. It tastes like an old lady's house. That's what this tastes like. I just I just want to blog and scrapbook leaves. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. I'm going to put a bunch of dead plants on my door. I want to pull my hair back. And I'm going to, like, sit outside in, in, a, in a photogenic manner and read a book. While drinking really nice coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go down to the Starbucks and write my novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. But it's fall. <laughs> and the weather's turning. <sighs> know how I know the weather's turning? How do you know? Well, my buddy Kevin bought a KLR 650. Oh, okay. Which is a big step up from his KLR 250. Okay, yeah. So uh, I went out for a ride with him and Matt. So it was basically like me and the noobs. Mm-hmm. Only we left the house, and I shit you not, we get around to the corner from the house, mm-hmm. and it just starts pouring rain. <laughs> it's like, well, this will be educational, <laughs> you know. And I'm riding with these two guys, and and you know, in fairness, I'm looking at both of them, and I'm like, it's a funny pair of noobs for me to ride with because basically any bad habits they have are probably my fault. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they, they did well, but it was interesting. I've never... Matt's bike ran okay? Yeah, it ran great. Okay, He's cool. got that thing running really well now. Nice, nice. Quite reliably. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. You're riding with two people you taught, and so you're like, A, I need to ride really smooth. Because, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the teacher, right? Right. I'm, I'm the master, and, you know, they're the students, and I have to I have to be the one that, like, you know, beats somebody up with just, like, two Wait, fingers. you're the what? The master. Bader? No. Are you sure? I'll try it again. You're the what? <laughs> I don't like where this is going. <laughs> no, it was, it, it was funky. It, it, I'm glad to say, though, that both of them were actually riding really well. So it's uh, you know, nice. It, there's nothing. Getting a junky bike is not going to uh, interfere with your ability to ride mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. good news. So that was kind of fun. Where'd you guys ride? Uh, just up big. Okay. So no, not super far. Okay. Nobody had any time to do anything, and it was boring. <laughs> But you did do a super far ride. I did do a super far ride, too. Speaking of the weather turning. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so we, Claire, Claire and I went on a ride down uh, down to the Grand Canyon and back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we went uh, the fun way down like we've done before. Um, Route 12. 
Yeah, down to Tory, mm-hmm. where we did not camp at Fish Lake. <laughs> so we get we get to the camp. I liked Fish Lake. I liked Fish Lake a lot too, except for the part where we froze our asses off and we're stampeded by elk. That was awesome. It was interesting. <laughs> it, it was interesting. They didn't hurt us. We nope. could, you know, if one of us had had a gun, we could have had like breakfast. That's true. <laughs> so we we get to the campground in Tory. I like we, to drink its blood. We check in, and the lady says, "She says." Okay, yeah, those are your two sites. Just make sure you set your tent up, tents up right up against those two uh, wooden windbreaks. <laughs> Which, you know, to me, I hear advice like, make sure you set your tent up behind the wooden windbreak. And that, to me, sounds like advice you should really, really follow. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like uh, foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Turns, out, foreshadow. turns out it's a good thing they had wooden windbreaks. Okay. Because, you know, it was, I mean, it was dead still when we were there. It wasn't super cold or anything. You know, the whole evening was nice. Please tell me nice. Claire set his up somewhere else. No, no, uh. unfortunately. No. The morning, though. Oh, my God. Just wind just whipping over the top of these windbreaks. I was sitting wow. behind it going, yeah, yeah, okay. I get it. That's cool. <laughs> yes, we, you know, we rode Route 12, did a little of the Burr Trail. That's just still, listeners, if you have not ridden U.S. Route 12 in the middle of Utah, do it. Got you. Got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Burr Trail is paved a lot further out than it used to be, so we rode all the way out to Circle Cliffs on that for giggles. Oh, nice! Ran into uh, a Harley guy who was camping and stuff. Um, had no idea where he was. <laughs> We're like, "Well, uh, it's all good." He's like, "So if I go this way, is there is there a gas station or ga- gas or anything?" I'm like, "There is nothing." <laughs> and I mean, really, nothing. You will die. <laughs> Three hundred miles to nothing. <laughs> You will die. <laughs> You'll be eating the leather of your vest. <laughs> and coyotes will pick at your bones. <laughs> but we went, we went from there. We went to Page, Arizona. Page, Arizona is a pit. Um, not to put too fine a point on it. It's basically one big boat storage facility with a few incidental restaurants stuck to it. Claire described it as a, a shithole where everyone knew it was a shithole. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, you're in a shithole. Everybody knows it's a shithole. And they just don't care. Yeah, pretty much. They're like, they're yeah. like, you just have to deal with it. Yeah, welcome to the shithole. Yeah. Yeah. You're surprised you're in a shithole and you didn't expect it to be a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> but then we went to the north room of the Grand Canyon, which is wicked cool. It is. That's, that is. Just the ride into the, the ride into is, it is amazing. It is nice. And then the north room itself is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So then from there we rode up, we uh, camped at Coral Pink Sand Dudes, which I highly recommend for an overnight kind of camping. Um, it's loaded with like ATV and, you know, sand rail people and stuff. So I, I would don't know what you'd do there during the day. It was loaded with sand people. Did they ride in single file to hide their numbers? Yes. Cool. Going ring, 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 <laughs> and their noisy ass engines the whole time. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. But it was neat. So it's a big, you know, kind of the last hurrah trip before we get back into kid mode again and all that. So, mm-hmm, you know, that's, mm-hmm. uh, it was good. I haven't haven't gotten to go on a long ride like that since uh, Durango. Durango, yeah. 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 Otherwise, I just ride to work. But that was great. It's uh, the funny thing was is I was sort of like not sure if I wanted to or not. Really? Yeah. Well, because I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to leave the kiddo and all that kind of stuff. My wife didn't quite throw me out the door. Okay. But it was a near thing. Wow. So. Yeah, I'm glad she did. That was that was good. It's I, a good way to recharge your batteries. I have not had a long trip at all this year. You should get that looked at. I know. Please. It's it's getting a bit cold though. I'm I'm almost thinking, you know, I'll just do the MotoQuest thing. Mm-hmm. Cuz uh, they've got MotoQuest 
on Southern California and um, Washington. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could fly into Washington, rent mm-hmm. a, a 650, and just ride down the coast. Mm-hmm. You know, just do one, 101. Yeah. That would be a beautiful ride. That'd be a cool ride. It's going to be cold. Yeah, it's going to be cold, but it won't be snow. <laughs> Probably true. Yes, uh, you know, if I'm riding along the coast the whole time, I'll be all right. That's true. Are, are you implying it won't be as bad as Cedar Breaks on our way back? <laughs> we, I've never been over Cedar Breaks, so Claire and I decided, oh, we'll go over. Cause I well, this is it. what Claire told me about Cedar Breaks. Okay. You guys yeah. got to Cedar Breaks, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to be in the yeah. lodge he goes, warm. He goes in the warming hut. He's like, you go out there and look at the thing. I'm in the warming the hut. The warming hut. <laughs> Dude, I mean, we were cold. We had all of our layers on. We had all our gear cranked up and all that. Well, come to find out, that's because it's 31 fucking degrees. <laughs> 31 degrees and about 30 miles an hour winds <laughs> on the top of Cedar Breaks. It was miserable. And then we got stuck behind Grandpa. Wait, yeah. Is that the guy from California that you had to pass at 90? Yeah, yeah. Grandpa was going really, really slow until he got to, until Claire passes him. And then he was like, oh, and Grandpa's wait, like, oh, no, you fucking don't. I can drive fast here. Fuck <laughs> this shit. There's yeah. no cops. Grandpa gets on it. <laughs> And you're passing him, giving yeah, him the I finger. Passed, I passed him somewhere, not triple digits, but it was getting there. <laughs> Things were. <laughs> it was. It was looking like it might happen. <laughs> was he all hunched over the wheel like good? I, I, I was. I was going. I was passing at ninety five miles an hour on a two lane road. I was not looking at Grandpa. <laughs> oh, I was Oppor- busy. Opportunity lost. I was busy. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, while you were doing that, I went to Florida. Yes, you did. Where it was warm 70s, mild breezes, mm-hmm. and uh, little tiny cockroaches in my shitbag hotel. Oh, Which wow. lied through its teeth about having internet. We have internet and not cockroaches. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Lies told by liars wait, wait, that like to lie. Wait, wait, maybe internet is some sort of strange local name for tiny cockroaches. <laughs> Well, they they had internet. At least they were little cockroaches. They had internet as long as you stayed in the lobby. Well, they have internet, don't they? I know. Fuck that. (laughs) That's the first place I've ever been to that was like that. (laughs) And I was wondering, you know, at 10 o'clock at night when I checked in, why are all these people in the lobby? Maybe somebody (laughs) smashed the Wi-Fi, Roach. Maybe they're tiny Wi-Fi repeaters. Every time you smashed one, you made the signal worse. Uh, I didn't smash any, so <laughs> that helps. <laughs> and also, the water didn't completely turn off. Oh, good. <laughs> and also, it had, like, the water restrictor from hell on the shower. <laughs> Full power drip. <laughs> and I think the bathtub might have cracked when I stepped into it. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> it was a shit bag. Was it close to the expo? No. It, well, it was geographically speaking, it was close. Mm-hmm. But it turns out in Florida, that doesn't mean anything. Freeways aren't. Mm. They're not fast. They aren't fast. They aren't moving. <laughs> they aren't friendly. <laughs> and people aren't drivers. <laughs> They're old people. They're, uh, people stop at fucking green lights there. Yeah. They're old. Fuck them. Florida is, it, Florida, Florida is always the number one for crashing and accidents and. Well, it's not, not only are they old, but this is Orlando, right? We're right outside Disneyland and all that oh, shit. Oh god, so there's minivans full of 
harassed parents full of kids. Yeah, and, you know, people not even from this country who are driving on the right side of the road for the first time in their lives, mm, mm. possibly driving in a car with an internal combustion engine for the first time <laughs> in their lives. <laughs> I don't think they're checking very hard at, at the rental car agency is what I'm trying to say. You got a license? I got this piece of paper that has my picture on it. Uh, yeah, whatever. You got money? Yeah. Oh, you're in. Yeah, fine. Yeah. 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 So, no, it was horrible. It would take me – what should have taken me 10 minutes was like a 45-minute drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was not great. But I was there. You were there. I took pictures – Pictures are posted with this, uh, with the, with the, whatever it is we do here. Uh, the, the episode of this show. The episode, that word. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran to James from the pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott and Steve. I may have to edit that. Steve. From Cafe Racer podcast. Um, they were there doing a big thing with, uh, the Ace Cafe. Mm-hmm. Which is opening its first U.S. location in Orlando. Ah, well, next year. The land of really good riding. Well, they're hipsters, what? Yeah. <laughs> 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 James has all the beard in the room. Uh, James did have all the beard in the room. Uh, he it was pretty cool. We uh, we were there for the. There's two media days and then two general. Uh, mm-hmm days i was just there for the media days oh okay this is important to the story okay so thursday and friday were media days Mm -hmm. day one where do you think i went first straight for ebr no first i went to the bathroom at the conference center so i could take a shower in the sink (laughs) then i went to ebr (laughs) how big were the cockroaches of the conference center there were none oh and they had much more water pressure in the sink than the shower did in the hotel (laughs) And and uh, I didn't know you can make hotel soap that thin. <laughs> but anyways, we went to EBR, and uh, they they you know they gave us the media's handout for the day. Had mm-hmm. like all the manufacturers, all the presentations, big old things at Buell uh, press conference, press intro. Mm-hmm. Went over there, eleven thirty rolls around. Buell guys are just like mm-hmm. EBR guys. I'm sorry, EB guys are. I'm like, hey, you know, when are you guys going to do your, your press thing? Oh, yeah, we canceled that. Really? Yeah. Well, this other one says you guys moved it to five. Uh, no. No. <laughs> well, what, what about Eric? Where's Eric? Oh, he's, he's not coming. He, he doesn't like shows, you know, where mm-hmm. motorcycles are. <laughs> And we're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to stop beating around the bush. Where's the AX? What? Have you seen our SX? There's one <laughs> hanging above your head. Uh, so they were not helpful. No. This is not helpful at all. So, you know, I look at the program guide and it says, you know, demo area. Mm-hmm. All the manufacturers are set up there with their bikes to go demo rides. Yeah. EBR is on that map. Hot shit. So I'm like, James, let's go. We get out there. Big, huge trucks that says big, huge letters, hero. And smaller letters, EBR. Mm-hmm. And then parked in front of it are like five RXs and SXs. Hot shit. And they're lined up. Lovely. We go running up there. There's no one else there. Just the, you know, the EBR guys. And we're like, fuck, let's ride these things. And they're like, no. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, we're like, what do you mean no? We're not doing demo rides. We we didn't bring enough bikes. It's like, <laughs> you got to look, look at these bikes. We, we, <laughs> you only make two. Do these run? They're like, yeah, we, we, no, we, we, we were never planning to do it. But, you know, you can go talk to Eric. I'm like, fuck, Eric's not coming. And the guy's like, well, you know, I just talked to Eric, you know, last week at Barber's. He's coming. The fucking friends inside said they're not coming. <laughs> You guys aren't talking to each other. <laughs> are you really from EBR? Are they really from EBR? <laughs> I'm like, so essentially what you've done here is duplicate the static display you've got in there. <laughs> Just in case I forget. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. AX, where is it? Well, you know, I'm like, it's in the truck, isn't it? It's in the fucking truck. It's, it's in the fucking truck. <laughs> he let us, us go into the truck to search for the AX. <laughs> they, they did not have the AX. They did have Eric's first race bike that they, they took at Barber's as part of like a vintage display. Oh, that's cool. That was cool. But we couldn't get up close to it because it was sitting on a top deck and he wouldn't let us climb up there. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't hit him in the back of the head hard enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there was, there was nothing in it. Now I'm like, what the what? what why? Was the, this was the, it was the. I was like, I know what happened. Clearly, the AX, you guys had it. You're going to do yeah. a press intro. Eric mm-hmm. was going to come. It was going yeah. to be a great thing. Yeah. You turned it on and it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> the curse of the Ulysses there's a, is still there. There's a fiery wheel rolling down a road. <laughs> <laughs> and then we heard little tidbits here and there mm-hmm. like one guy told us there's a whiteboard at ebr with everything they want on the ax mm-hmm. and another guy said they had a mock-up that they had guys sitting on to kind of get the stance of the bike mm-hmm. but that's that's as close as we can get to anyone really saying anything <laughs> about the ax <laughs> oh, man. now i'm gonna jump ahead because i want to keep talking about ebr mm-hmm. this was thursday Friday, we go back to EBR. There's mm-hmm. more guys there, more marketing guys there. <laughs> we roll on up, and, and uh, at this point, I'm with one of the guys from uh, Cafe Racer, mm-hmm. and he had been talking with them. And we're like, okay, you know, what's up with the what if e, we, EBR? You know, why aren't you guys doing anything? We're doing exactly what we planned. <laughs> what about the the press <laughs> intro from yesterday? What press intro from yesterday? <laughs> I'm like, but okay, there's well, is there an AX here? No, there's. We're here to talk about the SX. Okay, okay, okay. But why are you just here talking about SX with a bunch of static bikes? What, what static bikes? We're doing demo rides. I'm like, really? I can go out there right now and go ride an SX? No. <laughs> well, what do you mean you're doing demo rides? We're starting tomorrow, Saturday. We'll do demo rides for VIPs like the media during the general open convention. That makes no sense at all. Come back tomorrow and you could ride one of these bikes. And I'm like, God damn it, my plane flies out tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the goddamn morning. <laughs> this is fucking personal now. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> I am convinced my picture is floating around EBR like a mugshot. You're coming up and everybody's everybody's putting their hand up to their ear. 
Check, check in that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the guy, check. the pace and, and cafe racer, they got to go ride the goddamn SX. I'm on a fucking plane, and they're like texting me like, this is the best thing ever. Oh my God, it blow, the bike blows you as you're riding it. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. They have pictures. I mean, and I keep asking them, I'm like, well, you know, I've been trying so hard to get an interview with Eric. I just can't do it. What are you talking about? Eric's approachable. Have you just tried emailing him? No, fuck. I've been sending him pictures of me naked. That's what I've been doing wrong, clearly. It's personal. (laughs) There is a check picture on the wall. It's personal. We opened we opened with tales of your broken buell and we are now blacklisted. We have been blacklisted by or at least I have been blacklisted by EBR. Eric Buell has a voodoo doll of me somewhere. <laughs> Chuck doll. That he throws darts at and he giggles. Not him. <laughs> Who are we making the bike for? We're making the bike for this person and this person. I've got all the personas up on the wall. You know, here are the buyers. Who are we not making the bike for? Chuck. <laughs> There's like one picture. There's one picture. <laughs> Screw him. <laughs> Big old circle of a cross through it. <laughs> you know, general guidelines. You know, guidelines. It has to be fast. It has to be light. It has to be fun to ride on the road. Guideline four. Screw Chuck! <laughs> Did someone write that in poop? <laughs> oh man, that it, that wow, man! You were cursed. There is no other possible explanation. You know, maybe it wasn't the Ulysses. Maybe it's just me, <laughs> or the uh, or, or the curse of the Ulysses has transferred to me. I think that could physically. be it. I mean, you bought another one. I bought another. So, one. I told them that. I was like, I bought two of these goddamn fucking bikes. <laughs> God damn it, I deserve something. Please. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I've got one too. I love it. But tell me about the fucking AX. <laughs> the what? <laughs> I knew not of what to speak. <laughs> Have you seen our SX? <laughs> you squint. <laughs> it still looks like an SX. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, fuckers. <laughs> This is the whole reason I came to this goddamn thing. I'm in a hotel of goddamn cockroaches. <laughs> me and the cockroaches. Cockroaches, they wouldn't let me see the bike. You'd be okay. <laughs> oh, no. We rode it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> cockroaches, have you seen the EX? Yes. See. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> they they gave us early mock-up. <laughs> Fucking everyone's riding these bikes except me. <laughs> what the fuck is this? We're doing VIP demos. <laughs> well. <laughs> fuck you. I'll say screw Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should call it. We're doing screw Chuck demos. <laughs> is your name Chuck? No? Yeah. Jump on. <laughs> no, my name is Charles. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. That's when they pull out the picture from under the desk. Uh, uh, yeah. Can you turn to his, to the right, please? <laughs> Can you make a face like this? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like J-pop? I, oh. <laughs> God damn it! Curse is spoiled again. Well, All right. So 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 Eric EBR, your 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 new love has. Done awful things to you. Spurned me. What, what about your new arch enemies at Cena? <laughs> <laughs> how'd that? How'd that go? 
Well, we did have... they did they ask you to say no? Command? Fuck you. <laughs> I I did talk to them about it. Uh huh. So okay, so I'm here with Rick from Cena, and we're standing in front of uh, something that looks like a, a camera and one of your headsets put together. Yeah, exactly right. It's called the 10C. Okay. So this is what is this covering? So what we did was is you know the the technology that we had before the SMH10, which is still very viable yep. product. Uh, we decided that since video camera was so prevalent in the marketplace, it kind of made sense to bring that communication and video camera technology together in the same package. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what we did. And the features for the communication system is pretty much our next generation mm-hmm. technology like Bluetooth 4.0, uh, FM radio, smartphone app. So why isn't this a 20C? So it's, um, you know, we came out with the 20, uh-huh. and that was in development first. And then what we wanted to do was draw on the 10 popularity. Right, okay. All right, so the uh, SMH10, which is going to have a next generation system down the road, and we thought we'd come out with this first, has kind of the 10 series. Uh huh. Um, let's talk about the 20 for a second. Sure. I've got a 20S. Good. Who at Cena do I get the punch in the face <laughs> for the voice command feature? What's wrong with the voice command? If I hear the phrase, say a command one more time, <laughs> I will pee my pants. <laughs> I, I have spent literally 20 minutes on a freeway with it going nonstop. Really? It, would, it loops through the, you know, it says it three times and then it says right. cancel. And then right. like three seconds later, it comes back. Oh, it does. It, it was just over and it, over. It sounds like there's a sensitivity setting in there that is not adjusted properly. I could never get it to answer to hello, Cena. Really? No. Have you contacted our tech department? I have. I'm on my second unit now. They just sent me one, a new one last week. Okay. Um, and what about that one? That one, uh, it got rid because the, the, the two issues I was having with the first one I had was there was a lot of electrical static. Yes, that was. And they yeah. said that was a known issue with like the six. Yeah. Number six, something like that. Yeah, right. So that, they, that's why they did the RMA, I right. think. And this, the second thing is, I don't know, I've, I've turned it off for the most part. Are you out? Uh, I did see with the new software update, it looked like they had built in the functionality where you had to press a physical button now. Uh, that's the ambient button. Right. And, and, yeah. And, and that now initiates that will, it. That will initiate it. So we, you know, when we first came out with the 20, you got to understand the 20 is stuff technology that nobody's done before uh-huh. so this was really brand new stuff yeah and um you know it, it, it's a matter of working through the issues but one thing that cena did is though yeah we had issues at the very beginning but i tell you what man cena came through like so fast to correct those issues yeah i do like this the software update yeah you guys um definitely seem like you don't Skip on the, on the update no. frequency. No, absolutely um, not. So, that's been that's been a great saving grace for this. Because seriously, I would have shot that thing by now. <laughs> so my recommendation is the unit. Go ahead and try that unit again with the new software upgrade, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to see. Well, I know for a fact you're going to see vast improvements. Okay. Is that phrase? 
Because because I just gave you my my card. And <laughs> so you're the one. I better be I can, right. I can otherwise. come back to you. You're gonna wake up one I, night tied to a bed. Exactly. And I'm just gonna be standing there. But <laughs> say command, uh, Rick. Say Chuck command. Chuck with a hammer in his hand. Rick. That that is. That was horrible. I don't know. I don't want that image in my head, Chuck. I don't. I don't. I won't be wearing pants. <laughs> Great. I just, that, that's that's how maddening yeah. that command thing was. It's you know because you know I I I, tr I did play around the sensitivity on that first unit yeah because I thought maybe it was wind noise that was triggering yeah. it. I thought maybe a strap on my helmet was bumping against it. Right, that was right. I don't know. Hey, look, I, I think the bitch just hated me. I think I think it's you. No, I <laughs> I. I gotta be honest. Thanks, I mean, Rick. That, that's great. No, no problem. Life, lifelong scene of Hey, I got an image of you standing over I've, me naked in, uh, on my bed. All right, I have so. to go. <laughs> so, I'll be the first one to admit that the first batch. Also, was, nipple clamp. Um, oh, okay, that was just stepping over. That have, a, have a great lunch. <laughs> great. I hope I can help. All right. The first batch of 20s that, that came out, mm -hmm. we had lots of problems. We really did. And so, but. You know, I mean, just be serious for a second. The integrity of a company is, yeah, everybody can make mistakes, but it's how they correct those mistakes. Sure. And I think Cena has performed, you know, above and beyond in order to get those mistakes corrected and get it back, the good ones back in the market. I hope whoever came up with the idea of being able to update uh, yeah. the firmware like that yeah. got a raise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That was our saving grace on a lot of stuff. When does this 10C hit the market? 2015. 2015. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, and then we have another system called the 10U. Okay. You want to take a look at that? Sure, what's that? Yeah, come on over. All, all of these 10s are confusing to me. Yeah, 10C, 10U. Just remember 10. Now I'm wondering why I bought the 20. <laughs> So the 10U is manufacturer model specific. So we built this. So right now the, the communication systems sit on the outside of the helmet. Yeah. What we did was is we put it on the inside of the helmet. Okay. So as you can see, what we've got is we redesigned the microphone. So it's not the flexible boom kind anymore. It's more of a streamlined. Uh, type of uh, uh, boom. Okay. And then the uh, speakers are fitted to the ear cavity. Okay, now, on this about, about the speakers. I hate helmet speakers. Okay. I always use earbuds. Does this support that? No. No? Okay. No. Because it's, it's kind of, it's all like one unit. Okay. Because you guys made some money off of me with those 10, 10 uh, brackets with the yeah, earbuds. The clamps, yeah, right. You, you made some money off of the <laughs> Yeah, that so, was really good, but we're sticking okay. strictly with the speakers. The helmet speakers. Okay. The helmet speakers. But it's all built in. It's all integrated. Well, here's the beauty of this. A lot of people are going to look at this and go, well, wait a minute. How do I control it? Because mm -hmm. it's all on the inside. How you control it is with this over here. This brand new Harley Davidson. With the Harley Davidson. Remote control. Oh, okay. So we got a little control unit that goes on your uh, grip. Goes your on your goes dress. on your handlebar. Okay. You have uh, jog, uh, uh, jog dial. Not a jog dial. Sorry, it's a joystick. The joystick. Okay. Uh, button control and then thumb control. Okay. 
and and so the 10U is controlled by this remote control, okay. and so is the 10C, and so will be the 20. Okay. Will be controlled by this one. Well. Okay. So like the 20 I have today could be controlled by that. Yes. Sweet, because the the helmet control is kind of annoying. Yeah. So, all right, how much would something like that go for just by itself? By itself, I believe it's going to be in like in the hundred, hundred and twenty dollar range. You want a mask and a gun while you tell me that price again? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. And technology costs. Technology costs. Right. That's right. But that is pretty slick, cause uh, yeah, that's even with the the new jog dial on the twenty. Yeah. I. I kind of like the idea of a grip mounted well, one. Well, what better. we're trying to do is we're trying to get away from having to take your hand off the handlebar altogether. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so that's where that's where the joystick comes in comes into play. That's pretty cool. I I like I like that idea a lot. Yeah. That's a very cool. <laughs> that almost makes up for the voice prompt. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we could provide that for you. The less I have to talk to that thing, the happier I am. <laughs> All right. Well, cool, Rick. Thanks uh, for showing us around. That's our new stuff, man. Thanks. All right. So there's the 10C, the 10U, the 10F, the 10U. The 10, the... 10FU. The yeah. 10 screw chuck. Yeah. <laughs> the 10C looked really cool. I mean, just the idea of having like an all-in-one. And he was saying both with the the, the, the 10C and their standalone camera, mm-hmm. you could do Bluetooth narration as you're recording. Mm-hmm. So you, you basically, I'm just envisioning every adventure writer in the world going, oh, my God, and then slowly opening their pants. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I'm thinking of all these people who are like, and here I am out in the open, and I'm I'm doing stuff, and it's great. And look at that. Pulling up to my 20th Starbucks. Got time for a mocha frappuccino to keep the tanks. Yeah, you know, the funny part about it is, is I'm trying to imagine, like, ongoing Bluetooth narration in my helmet. <laughs> It'd be like snippets of half-remembered songs and then a whole lot of... I'm so lonely. <laughs> I mean, most people's helmet narration, that's 90% of what it is. It's going to be like heavy helmet breathing. <laughs> I got the cruise control on here. What if I don't see me if I slip my hand to my suit? I should not. Why am I alone? Why, Eric? Why did you screw me? <laughs> I don't know. You said your helmet is just sobbing. Why? <laughs> <laughs> And every now and then I get a phone call and it's like James from the pace. Take that check. <laughs> I think it's cool that there's a competitor, you know, it, on basic principle, I like the control externally. The external. Oh, I mean, the, the controlling cool. the GoPro and trying to like fiddle with the damn thing is, yep. is a nightmare. The, yep. the, having some external control would be pretty badass. Yep. Just the, the whole idea of being able to clip something to your handlebars and 
Yeah, that, that was well, pretty. Well, cool. that that and like the whole the thing about the action sports camera is the more controls you have on it, the more weak points you have. Yeah. So if it's just like a box with a lens on the front of it, I don't that's want perfect. To talk, I don't want to talk to the goddamn thing though. I don't want it to ask me to say anything. <laughs> say fuck no. Say I'll kill you. A command. I'll kill you. <laughs> Start camera. I'm going to say a command. I'm going to put on a clown suit now. <laughs> You're not going to like what happens after that. <laughs> Take a picture. Say a command. <laughs> you're not going to like the clown suit. They call me Choppy. <laughs> Choppy the clown. Oh man. Okay, that, that's cool. It's, it's interesting though that they're not doing a lot of like twenty whatevers. Not yet. That was the weird thing. Also, you know, they're they're making the integrated helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, Bell has their version of sort of an integrated unit. Where sure. Kind of the same way like HTC does with Chatterbox. Yeah, it'll just clip right into the helmet space, yeah. and you don't have to have the clamp. That's the clamp cool. is built into the helmet with helmet speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, only problem is it only fits to ten. Oh, and the it, and the twenty is not just a different shape, but has a different mounting Connector system and everything yeah. else. So, but the mounting system was the thing about the ten that everybody hated. Yeah, I mean the twenties is improved, mm-hmm. I think, but mm-hmm. they, they they both. Bell and Cena both said, you know, we're, we're getting our heads together and we're working on an adapter. Okay. While we're slapping each other. <laughs> Why did you change it? Why? Wait, wait, look, look, wait, wait. Shh, shh, shh. Here he comes. Here Chuck's going to go talk to EBR again. <laughs> oh, oh. Bell Cena sends a text to the EBR guy. He says, ask Chuck <laughs> to say a command. <laughs> You're going to sit on the SX with its, like, fancy computerized dashboard. Yep. And the dashboard is going to disappear, and it's just going to say, say a command. <laughs> Start bike. Say a command. We'll hear all this giggling coming out. Of <laughs> uh, who else did I talk to? I talked to Suzuki. Suzuki, they yes. Were, they were the, oh, the, yes. the new Strom 1000. The 1000 the, and the new 650, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, 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 the beak with one eye and the demented duck 650. Uh-huh. And uh, this nice lady approached me while I was looking at the duck. So with, with the new V-Strom 1000, what colors do you recommend for me painting that to look like a duck? I imagine that you're making some reference to the aerodynamics of... It's a beak. The, some people do refer to it as it's a beak. It's a beak. Yeah. Come on. What a lot of people don't know is that Suzuki actually pioneered the beak many years ago. Um, other then, manufacturers have since borrowed that design, and uh, now we're using it again. And we sometimes get accused of borrowing it from someone else, but in fact, it did promote with that design. Is there any truth that this bike will be used in the next Batman movie as the official motorcycle for the Penguin? The Penguin would make a smart choice, actually, to drive a V-Strom. And this is a brand new 650, lots of utility. Um, yeah, they'd be choice for Penguin. Why the beak? Why? Tell me why. Why the beak? Not you guys didn't have to have it. Not just for its sporty styling, but it also adds into a lot aerodynamically. You're sure? I'm sure. Wow. Oh man, she didn't see you coming. Did <laughs> <laughs> I, I she actually called over someone else after I turned the recorder off, and um, I wish I had recorded him because uh-huh. uh, he, he was basically he he taunted me. I forgot about that part. Yeah, he taunted me. Okay, because he's like, you don't like the beak. I was like, no, look at it, it's ugly. You can't see it when you're sitting on the bike. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. He probably stole that straight from the show, too. <laughs> I was just like, well played, sir. <laughs> so, Todd, you can't see the beak when you're sitting on the bike. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the new beak on the 650 because what I am going to do is I'm going to take off the beak with its two bolts and I'm going to paint it orange and then I'm going to take <laughs> off the headlight cowling and I'm going to paint it bright green and then I'm going to put it all back together and I will have, you know... Duck Dodgers? Yes. <laughs> In the 24th and a half century! <laughs> um, oh, I want to show you this. These, these clear faceplates that... What? On the, I don't understand. They're, they're it's transparent like a, hockey masks. Yeah, but ha- I... Oh, my God. Oh, you you mount them to your half dome. Yeah, or your half dome, your three-quarter, whatever, you, if you don't... Like, like, I want all the protection, but don't want a full face. Yeah. For those or like days, I only sometimes want it. When the, those days when the locusts are really heavy. <laughs> You're looking for a quick Halloween costume. You could just take a yeah. marker and write, uh-huh. draw a face. Yeah. Okay. I, I. That's a. That's a product desperately in search of a problem to solve. That's yeah. That's a little. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that people who want a full face shield buy a full face shield. Yeah. Oh. That's interesting. When I was talking to the Bell guys, mm. um, they told me their hottest selling helmet mm-hmm. was that uh, vintage bullet one with the the bubble dome. Yeah, that's their. They said they can't keep that in stock anywhere. That thing wow. is flying off the shelves. Well, the, the hipsters are, are legion. Their yeah. second best selling helmet is that one um, half dome with the face mask. Huh? They're just they just wow man. Yeah. What. <sighs> I don't get it. And they had a cool um, entry-level helmet coming that had a, a transitions visor. Hmm. Interesting. So you just buy it and you're good to go for whatever. Yeah. Huh. And, oh, God, I can't remember for sure. I want to say it was 150 It might have been 250 <laughs> But, I mean, it, it, the price the price alone was just like, wow, this is a very reasonable helmet. Now, Bell was also where you tried on your silly little uh, my, my space you, monkey. You graced us, your space monkey that my, you graced yeah. us all on Facebook with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do this like he holds the camera scanner thing and it mm-hmm. creates a Pixar vision, version of you. Oh, wow. A 3D model of your face in full color, everything, just rotated around and everything. Just, uh-huh. it, uh, you could put me in the next animated movie. Does it, does it, Fit you for a helmet in the process? Or? Yeah, apparently they just they take that model uh-huh. and uh, they start out what they said is um, um, a base layer of foam, uh-huh. and that base layer is has minimums that it can't go past beyond, uh-huh. and then from that they put your head in there, and then they add more foam to fit your head. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So the idea is this helmet is your head. Hmm. I like it on principle. Yeah, it's. You know, it sounds pretty cool. I mean, it's... It has a Cena that clicks into it, and it's just starting to sound pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's... I think they were saying all together it'd be about a grand. Oh, yeah. Um, James had talked to some guys, or heard some guys talk about who do... Who have worn this helmet, mm-hmm. and they said it's like wearing nothing. Mm. So, you know... Considering how long I wear my helmets and how much use I get out of them, it could work. Yeah, I mean, if it's really that comfortable, yeah, you know, fuck, yeah. Mm, I like it. Review was there also. They're the guys with the rearview mirror thing. Mm-hmm. 
and they were there showing off. Um, they're going to be adding heads-up dis- technology to their mirror. Oh, neat! So you can get you know speed and stuff. There's our faster going. And cool. you know, speaking of that, the Nuviz guys were there. Oh yeah, they were the the attachable heads-up guys we had on from Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to sat down with Malty again and uh, talk about where they are progress-wise. Okay, so I'm here with uh, Malty from Nuviz, who we had on previously, talking about his uh, heads-up display for uh, motorcycle helmets. How you doing, Malty? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, we're doing really great. So, uh, you know, you got your booth here, and you you've got what looks like a, a working demo, a demonstration. What what, what, do you, what do you have to show? Um, correct. So we currently have um have two um um. So this is like a mock-up. Yeah, here. correct. So what you, what you see here um, as a as a as a mock-up it gives you a good representation of the industrial design, mm-hmm. uh, final form factor. It's actually designed true to weight. Uh, so it gives you an impression of the the future. Oh, this is um, how heavy it will be. Correct. Yeah, oh, it's wow. Just under, it's, just under, it's just under six ounces. So similar to similar to GoPro um, mm-hmm. with the with the body and mounts uh, mm-hmm. around the GoPro. And then in addition to this industrial design model, um, we have a working prototype here, um, which is our um, user interface experience uh, mm-hmm. model. So the the optics aren't optimized yet, um, so it doesn't give you the full to the view and full um, eye box that we're going to achieve in the final version, uh, primarily using off-the-shelf lenses in that design, uh, so they just ground down on the side uh, versus uh, molded lenses to project the image all the way to where it needs to be projected. Okay. Uh, but it gives you a good representation of, um, of uh, what, the, what the feel of the device will be like. Okay. Uh, well, we talked during the Kickstarter, you were kind of targeting this year as you shift the model. Where are we where are you at in production? Right, well, so definitely uh, we're looking into a, a fall launch of the product this year. Uh, it's probably now going to be uh, at least six months late um, for a spring early summer launch next year. Oh, okay. So yeah, still pretty relatively close. Uh, yeah, definitely. No, they made a lot of good progress over the past couple of months. Uh, there were a couple of pickups in the supply chain and uh, manufacturing. Um, Partner identification process and, and meeting all the um, the the quality requirements for for a product like this. Uh, there aren't too many manufacturers out there that actually do high precision molds and uh, and alignments for optical designs. Uh, so it's definitely a challenge to, to find the right partners. And we're we have that squared away now, and I'm moving moving along. That seems to be like sort of a common theme I, I hear with many of the uh, design um, campaigns from Kickstarter is trying to find that manufacturing back end. Um, like really recently there was, it was in a Kickstarter campaign, I think it was a Mizogo smartwatch campaign that barely, I think they were a year late and they finally came out with this whole story about how they got ripped off entirely by their Chinese manufacturer and they were sold a bill of goods that wasn't up to snuff and, you know, is, is that... What are you finding important trying to find a manufacturer, um, trying to find that change? Yeah, I think for somebody that doesn't have any experience uh, in, in that space, can definitely get ripped off uh, by, maybe not ripped off, but make mistakes in identifying the right partners overseas. Uh-huh. Um, um, we had a pretty narrow group of people and contract manufacturers uh, in, the, in, the, in the beginning to go with anyways. Um, but again, it just takes time to, to negotiate terms with them. And, okay. uh, and it's and like this brand new thing you're just... You're creating out of nothing. Yeah, yeah, correct. I mean, there's a there's a lot of experience from the from the parent companies, as I I think mentioned in our last last interview. So um, we do have from from that past experience, we do have partners overseas that, that we know and uh, uh, in the in the manufacturing landscape 
Um, but as I, as I mentioned, there's still not too many companies out there that really are familiar with head-up displays and the displays and the optics for uh, the displays. So it's a, it's a pretty small landscape. If you're just trying to get a board developed, um, there's a million of companies that can can yeah. do that uh, when it really comes to, um, to the optics of it. It's a little bit more more of a narrow um, narrow area. Um, and then getting the getting all these sub-assemblies together uh, at a price point that we can also um, sell to the customers and maintain a small portion of the margin as well as margins for dealers or distributors. Um, do you keep up much with, at least you know, from the internet space, it seems like the, the people who are making the most noise now is Scully. Yeah, absolutely. Are you keeping on on what they're doing? I mean, do you think... Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, I know Marcus from, uh, from Scully, who we met briefly at the CES last year. We uh, essentially started out the same same time frame uh, yeah, last, yeah. last year. Um, a different approach to the whole head display um, market, and I think it's great that the overall awareness for the technology is increasing and growing. Right. Um, and this, there's going to be down the road, there's going to be other companies out in the market as well. Um, so really, just to the customer to decide what approach to the to the head-up display they 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 want. Uh, I think both approaches, integrated versus external, have pros and cons. Do you have and, a feel um, who's going to be first on the on the shelf? Um, I don't have a feel for that. Um, okay. I mean, I I'm not that familiar with their uh, their product roadmap and planning. Uh, all I know is the, the announcement that they've made, the announcement that we have made. Um, right. So, um, You've been. You've been touring with Harley Davidson, mm-hmm. right? As part of our Livewire campaign. Yeah, correct. We're on tour with Harley Davidson. Um, what Harley. kind of relationship do you have with uh, with Harley? Um, so it's at this point a promotional partnership uh, where they asked us to um, to showcase our technology alongside their um, electronic bike. Yeah. Um, so well, at, this, at, this, at this point, it's just kind of showing the customers where the overall motorcycle technology space is evolving and uh, and kind of like, hey, look at this G Wiz. Thing here, and look at our G Wiz thing here. Correct, correct, correct. But it's uh, for us a great exposure. Um, we're in the oh, only yeah. only branded uh, company within the Harley Davidson experience, and um, usually they don't really associate themselves with other branded companies, yeah. uh, especially this early on. Um, so it's it's great for us to be be on a tour, get the exposure, uh, be associated with the gorilla in the market. Yeah, uh, no kidding, and then and then there's definitely. Um, potential ways to work together down the road, um, which I don't want to elaborate on. Uh, yeah. it's, but it's, it's like a foot in the door for you guys. Correct. With correct. That, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, put in the door. And um, with regards to working with uh, high Davidson corporate, um, there's still all the interest from the, in the individual dealers, and they can carry whatever product they actually please, just like they have GoPro. Uh, um, um, product displays in their stores. They are also interested in potentially carrying Nubis as our Nubis brand device as another accessory to their riders. Uh, so that's that's definitely good to, to get that exposure. And so we will we see a big chrome skull on the front of the Nubis? <laughs> maybe some thunderbolts, tribal stuff, maybe. Uh, well, not not in any not anytime uh, soon. Um, but. We are open, just in, from a general product and uh, general corporate uh, perspective, are open to uh, white labeling and, uh, and co-branding of the device okay. uh, with strategic partners in the space. Um, okay. Let it be the helmet manufacturers or uh, the, the vehicle manufacturers. And in general, we've received a lot of interest um, from, from almost, almost every motorcycle manufacturer with regards to connecting the bike uh, and the display um, and having tech and gear indicator lights. Yeah, uh, all the output from the ECU on the display. That would be fantastic. Um, so that's definitely the, the big interest from the manufacturers, and, and not just uh, motorcycle manufacturers, but also ATV, UTV, snowmobiles. Yeah. Um, so there's a broader application um, 
uh, into the motorsports arena in general, not just motorcycling. But in the beginning, we were certainly targeted to the motorsport, motorcycling industry, but any any helmet uh, can potentially benefit from uh, technology. How are things looking on the software side? Um, so the it's it's moving along, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, but the hardware is definitely the governing part that has to be fully fleshed out and developed in DVT samples now uh, before we can really move along on the software, uh, software part. Will there be an SDK for it? Um, that's definitely a good question that a lot of people ask us. Um, down the road, we'll probably have an SDK available uh, initially just for strategic partners so that a, so that a, uh, a helmet manufacturer or a motorcycle manufacturer could potentially change the user interface or, or add branding into, uh, into the, the UI. Um, and what we are definitely very conscious about is the, the fact that we, want, we don't want people to play with the uh, with the device too much and open open it up to YouTube for. I want to watch porn on the road. I think I think you mentioned it before. I want to watch porn. I want to be a stoplight watching porn. I'm a it's, consumer. Correct. So we want to make. I want to consume. We want to make sure that you don't consume that at least, <laughs> at, at least not while you're on the on your motorcycle. <laughs> what about freedom, Bolton? What about freedom? Come on. Yeah, I, I see where you're getting at, but um, no, that's definitely something that we're that we're very conscious about, and uh, and and as I mentioned to you before, we're focusing on symbology and uh, numbers and, and arrows, so very very clean, minimalistic user interface, and uh, and no full HD movies or video sure. clips or anything like that. So summer 2015 is kind of what we're, we're looking for at this point. Uh, it is it is that that uh, time frame um, a little bit later than we had hoped. Um, yeah, but, but are you feeling any kind of um, fallout from, from Kickstarter. I know in Kickstarter people get people get anxious. People oh, get impatient. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm a backer, yeah. So I, I kind of watch the comment threads and, and stuff. And people are like, "Hey, it's it's September. It's, it's, it's time. I want my device now." <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely yet another item that we have to have to manage and uh, manage closely and um, and be more proactive about our development steps and where we are. Yeah. And potentially what we've, what we've shared with the backers in the past. Uh, I do think that in general, the early You're adopters... You're one of the more quieter campaigns. Yeah, yeah and I, I definitely believe that the, the early adopters and the backers and Kickstarter are usually the ones that are also more understanding when it comes to delays. Yeah. Um, and um, and so as long as you be open about it and, and honest about what's going on, I think they are actually fairly understanding. Yeah, you um, need, need that kind of engagement. Correct, stuff, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And they, so has Kickstarter been like, overall a positive experience? Um, yes, yes and no. I mean, it's. Um, I think we... We went on Kickstarter a little bit too early, to be honest. Um, we probably should have waited with the crowdfunding campaign or pre-ordering campaign uh, a little bit further and built more excitement around the product and then uh, go the, the crowdfunding route or the, the pre-ordering campaign route. Uh -huh. um, if we could do it again, we probably wait a little bit longer um, to decrease that gap in between the actual announcement on Kickstarter and the the, um, the, the pre-ordering and the part delivery. Um, so. Uh, in hindsight, went on there a little bit too early, um, but in general, it's you know a lot of great feedback that we received from the Kickstarter um, crowd, and they're, they're really good at telling you what day it is. Correct. Yeah, correct, yeah. yeah they're, so, they're good at that. So it's, uh, it's essentially an <laughs> it's, increasing it's like your own built-in day plan. Correct, and it's increasing your your you know your engineering team by 300, 300 400 people. You know the people that have good feedback and, and advice and, and talk about it. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, in general. Um, a good, good experience. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Malte. Yeah. Good luck, man. Yeah. So, you know, they're looking probably in the middle of next year before this thing comes out. Eh, it's, you know, not too far off his original estimates, is it? 
It was supposed to ship in September. <laughs> they were oh, oh, like this September, <laughs> not next September. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you know. It's kind of nature to be with Kickstarter. Sorry, folks. You can't clip something to your helmet and look really dorky while watching your speed just yet, unless you want a camera from Cena on one side and your Cena on the other side. Why would you have both? Well, if you bought the separate camera. Oh, if you Cena. bought the separate one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was thinking you could buy it all in one, mm-hmm. and then you could buy a couple extra cameras and have angles. Or you could just have a second camera on the of your helmet and have it be like 3D. Remember when Chris from uh, Cafe Racer came and visited and he had that rig made with pipes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sticks out the side of his bike. There you go. That's for him. You could be a movie and you could just narrate the whole thing. I'm time. a movie star. That's really boring here. <laughs> well, you know what I do when I'm really bored? Is I start to make up songs in my helmet. You make up songs? Yeah. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> that guy needs to die in a fire. Actually, the the song oh. I was the song I found myself singing on uh, on eighty nine in southern Utah, which is a very straight road, was uh, cows, cows, cows. <laughs> haven't seen a cow in a while. It's worrying me. I haven't seen a cow. It's worrying me. I haven't seen a cow. Llama, because there was a llama on the side of the road. And there's only one way you can react to that when you're already singing. Llama. Oh my. Anyway. Llama. Moving on. Ducati was there with one bike. One bike. That technically wasn't running. Mm-hmm. They were there to show off their new scrambler. Oh, and I'm sure the Cafe Racer guys were like, ah, ah, ah. They had their espresso bar on a picnic table and a girl. Okay, they and, had espresso. That's acceptable. And a girl in cut-off denim shorts. Because mm-hmm. that's boots. classy. Yeah. There were a lot of girls. Um Weirdly, the thing is, I, I know a surprising number of women that ride Ducatis mm-hmm. um, because Ducati makes a few bikes that you can get on if you're actually short. One of the people I was riding with, Paula, um, she's been riding on two wheels food blog. She's We wouldn't have her on the show sometime. But uh, she rides a Ducati Monster because it's the only thing she can touch the ground. <laughs> uh, you know, they only had the one. Yeah. And she seemed actually... I didn't talk to her directly because it's me, mm-hmm. but she seemed knowledgeable about the the bike to, oh, okay. to a degree. People were talking to her and asking her questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the coolest thing I saw was the Quadski. The Quadski? Yes. Imagine a Sea-Doo uh-huh. with wheels that retract. Oh, God, I have brother-in-laws who are going to be buying one of these any second. <laughs> it looked cool. <laughs> oh, God, I think my dad might buy one. Can you, can you fish off of it? But, yeah, the thing's huge. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, that's incredible. I need I the need that. I need that. I just drive it right into the water. You know, you won't, your dad won't have to launch a boat the way he launches boats anymore. That'll be a loss to the world and all the people watching. He won't have to stop. He could just power <laughs> right into the water. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, okay, but did, did you see it? I mean, did it work? Did it? Uh, they were they were, they had factory riders riding it. They weren't letting people jump on and ride it. But uh, yeah, well. I'm trying, I'm trying to, I, I could see like all kinds of situations where it's like, it's 
okay as one and bad as the other. I, you know, they had one outfitted out as a lifeguard vehicle, uh-huh. and that's where I could see it fitting in. Well, yeah, because you don't need to go super fast. Yeah. You just need something big and stable and versatile. Yeah. 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 But and it, it looked like it was it was actually kind of kind of speedy. Kwatsky. Kwatsky. Yeah. Kwatsky. Sounds like a Russian. Their their booth girls were handing out temporary tattoos. Okay. I don't know why. Of a Kwatsky. It just said Kwatsky. Oh, okay. Yeah. They handed me one. They were like, clearly you would need one. Yeah, that's what I did. The same thing. I looked down <laughs> at my arms. Uh, <laughs> Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go on. You do. You do tell. <laughs> Harley had their new Street 750 there. Mm-hmm. Look, I didn't get to ride it, um, but I I heard the motor was great. The fit and finish on the bike itself was questionable. Yeah, kind of a little little chintzy looking. Yeah, well, feeling I guess mm-hmm. chintzy feeling. Um, Hero was there with EBR. And they were showing uh, about a half dozen bikes. Mm-hmm. One of them was brand spanking new, designed um, in combination with EBR. It was a 250, um, had linked brakes, ABS, uh, dual mode engine mapping. Interesting. Um, and they're planning, and they, they're bringing it to the States along with their other kind of modified Honda legacy stuff. Linked brakes, ABS, dual mode. So the dual mode confuses me because it's a freaking 250. Um, yeah, I mean, but, the guy I was talking to, he was an Indian uh, mm-hmm. representative. He, he said it was like street and tour, but... Oh, right, uh, God, because it's, it's made in India. Yeah. The 250, that, that <laughs> that's the India. monster bike. That's, that's the monstrosity. That's that's their ZX-14. God, what, what do they think when they look at the SX? <laughs> What's going through their head as they're looking at... You just see the day they, they show up at the factory in India with the SX just to show them, you know, these are our new partners, EBR. And they're like, huh? how many horsepower does it have? 195. Hi. What? How, how fat are Americans? Are they, are they all that fat? Really? I just thought that was a, you know, like a joke. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, their new 250, it looks it looks cool. It does look cool. It, I would it, it's re- got a certain bullishness about it. It does. It's definitely, you can you can see the, the, the genetics there. Yeah. Especially, I didn't take pictures, unfortunately. I should have. Their other bikes, their pre-EBR bikes. Mm-hmm. Have a definite Indian feel to them. Yeah, um, they've all got that sort of funny, like 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 chevroni front headlight. One had a weird shift pattern. Uh-huh. They, they had a cafe racer bike. Mm-hmm. They said the the Buell guys had the, the EBR guys had made it cafe racer ish. Mm-hmm. It had a um, heel toe shifter, mm-hmm. and the shift pattern was neutral one two three four five. Huh. Yeah. That's weird. And they're, 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 we're looking at it, we're talking about it and stuff, thing, and the representative's like, yeah, that, that'll probably change before we bring it here. Yeah, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> probably a good idea. He's like, that's actually more like, and he showed us another bike that looked like a kind of generic UGAM mm-hmm. small thingy. Yeah. That's what it originally looked like before the EBR guys. One of the one of the never-ending ocean of Honda Nighthawk knockoffs. Yeah. Um all you know, all their bikes from the, the they had a two twenty five kind of a uh, racerish looking bike with mm-hmm. sort of a, a vintage kind of cowling. Mm-hmm. looked cool. Um, 
They had a 175. Look cool. I mean, they're all small, but they look cool. Well, if they're bringing quality small bikes to the U.S. market, they're not going to have a lot of competition in that range. I mean, there's just nobody there. There's just nobody there. I, I hope they do well. Yeah. But, um, they were saying they're planning to do sort of an independent network from EBR, mm-hmm. not necessarily put all their bikes where EBRs are. Sure. Well, that would, that would make sense. That the uh, Honestly, stand their off. market's a lot bigger yeah. than EBR is likely to be. I don't know. Uh, twenty thousand dollars, hundred ninety horsepower race bikes. Yeah, EBR's market is pretty nichey. Pretty nichey, but you know, at the same time, a completely unknown, brand new bike from India. Yeah, but I mean, consider consider who they're going to be stacking up against for the small bikes. They're going to be stacking up against you know the the really um excellent you know crappy little like AutoZone bike made of only the finest Taiwan titanium. Up until you get to like that 250 range. Yeah. yeah. At that point, they've got they've got to fight like the Ninja 250, and now they've got to fight on their hands. The Ninja uh, 250, the CBR 250, well, the CBR yeah. 300. The yeah. The Ninja 300. Suzuki's GW. Yeah. Everyone's. Yeah. At that point, they've got to fight, but below the 250, they've got nothing. I mean, they're fighting some really shitty competition. Yeah. I'm. I'm just wondering if there's, is there really a market for it here? I don't know. I really don't know. I could see them beating. I could see them taking the urban market in a big way. Yeah, at their bikes. I mean, their bikes look cool, mm-hmm. so that they, you know, they could probably they could trade on that because their bikes looked a lot cooler than the shitty auto zone mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and you know, the guys, <laughs> the guy at one point was like, "Well, we're not made in China." <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'll be damned. <laughs> So that made me think. I was like, yeah, Todd Todd would like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I got the ride the FZ07. Okay. Um, That's the two-cylinder little, little brother, brother to the, the FZ09. Yep. And? I liked it. It was cool. It was competent. Mm-hmm. I thought the throttle response was great. Posture was great. In my mind, it was very much sort of like the, the street versus the speed kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's the, it's the it's the better mannered one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, with the the, the FZ09, that that one wants to do horrible things to you in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> things that you'll cry about in a shower later on while you're trying to wash it off. Mm-hmm. But it has that mode select switch, which, which you know, so yeah. you can take it home to your parents. Polite, <laughs> somewhat impolite. Yeah. Fuck you. That's <laughs> the the O7 is pretty much. It's always polite. Mm-hmm. It's, I thought it was a pretty nice ride. I liked it. Yeah. It was definitely like it would be a very good urban, you know, running runner, mm-hmm. canyon runner. Go out and fart around on the weekend, kind of bike. Yeah, it's cool. Whether you know, it's a grand difference between that and a nine. That's that's not going to help. Yeah, it's 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 kind of hard. Yeah, I think that the people who are um, not in the market for smaller will just gravitate toward the O nine. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. Uh, the O seven, I think, is being positioned as your beginner beginner bike. Uh huh. That fills me with terror. Yeah, it's like to say a lot of them are positioning their their. 60 plus horsepower machines as their beginner bike. Yeah, I mean, it's like the same Mind thing blown. as like 2005, 2006 when I started riding. Mm-hmm. And the salesman was like, oh yeah, the CBR F4i, that's your beginner bike. 
you'll that's the bike you grow into. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Grow right into it, and also into the guardrail. <laughs> so you know, yeah. um, I also rode a Hayabusa. Oh, that's, it had had big kanji on it and everything. You uh-huh. must have it was felt like home. Bright red, big kanji. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I need to stretch more. Because uh, you always hear about the you you don't hear that it's a super like scrunched up bike. It's not a scrunched up bike, but mm-hmm. it's a super vertical bike. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. It's a super horizontal bike. Oh, you're you're lying down on it. <coughs> I see your head. You're lying down and you're just craning your head back. Oh, so gotcha. you can Look at the road. Wow. At, at the first stoplight, I I went on the test ride on the Busa. James is next to me on the Bergman. Mm-hmm. We get to that first stoplight, and I just kind of like peel myself up and and crack my back, <laughs> and I hear this laughter just coming off. <laughs> He's sitting over there. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've been on a, a super sport. Yeah, of any time. Mm-hmm. So it was. I was just like, holy shit. Was there was there any chance to get idiotic with it? No, because the dude leading the demo ride was on a cruiser. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the thing I don't get, though, is I kept going flashing back. I remember on STN, um, Sport Touring Net, mm-hmm. people talk about using this thing for touring. Um, uh, I, that That's what I was thinking of. That's why I was surprised when you said that. I was like, no. Wow. What? No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I don't understand. No, not like this. <laughs> I mean, okay. That's my first super sport. I didn't. I got to spend ten minutes on the bike. No, <laughs> I don't understand. You're no, done. <laughs> I is you got to be. I don't know. I maybe much younger, much more limber. Could be. I don't know if you can reposition. Somehow. Well, you could put heli bars on it and a better seat, but at that point, you're modifying it so much. Like I don't modify just... something better. I mean, I've heard it. It's like a rocket tour, but no, no. I went on a true rocket tour mm-hmm. after that bike. Oh, really? I got uh, to try an FJR. Oh, how'd you like that one? I've oh. heard, I've, I've heard, I have two people who love them and one person who's at the complete other end of the spectrum on the FJR. I really liked it. Yeah. It was, it was comfy. Um, cruise control was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the electric windshield had like a lot of creature comforts. Mm-hmm. Good pos- posture, throttle was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. I, boy, have you heard about it? That's bad. Well, uh, <clears throat> the funny part of it. So, Dale and Mike, neither is a slow rider, both love the FGR. They they speak volumes of good. Dale is now on an FCO nine. Uh-huh. Um, John hated his FJR. Although I think with John, he had the FJR before he knew what the hell to do with such a bike. Okay. You know, he wrecked it a bunch of times and uh, got in okay. trouble with it and all that. I, so. can, I mean, it's, it's a beast. Mm. It, it is a beast. You know, you're saying it's way too heavy, way too much power, yada, yada. Um, so. It is a lot of power. Mm. It, that is a beast. <laughs> and so is the Busa, but with the Busa, you're just, it's telling you to get into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, the FJR, it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, we're out here. By the way, we're doing 100. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I put the windshield all the way into its highest position. I pulled the teacup out, holding mm-hmm. the saucer. Why are there flashing blue and red lights behind me? How odd. <laughs> and they're receding into the distance. <laughs> oh, well, no bother. <laughs> Why, officer, I've set the cruise control for warp. 
<laughs> Set the cruise control for needle doesn't go there. <laughs> Cruise control worked great. That was actually the first time I, 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 I got them to play with the cruise control like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, the proper electronic cruise control is is the way for those big highway grinds. That's attractive. It is. It was nice. It was very. It's so much better than the mechanical ones that yeah add on. The mechanical ones are better than nothing. But that's about all I'm really willing to say about them. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice bike. I liked it. Cool. Also, I have to say hi to the Yamaha demo girl. Okay, she a fan? No, but I keep running into her. Okay, uh, all the you know the other Yamaha test rides I've done, mm-hmm. yeah. same girl leading the rides. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> hi Jersey. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I gave her a card before I left. Oh, good. Hopefully. Hope she's listening. <sighs> yeah, I hope so. So, one other thing I got to ask. Amazing about. rack on the FJR. Uh huh. Hold lots of gear. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the Versus one thousand. Yeah. Did you get to see it? I did. I, I, got I saw the pictures of it right before you were going, and I was like, Ooh. I got to sit. I got to sit on it. Um, I like the way it looks better, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel that much bigger than a 650. Mm. The the plastic work they did on the 650 kind of prepped you for the size of the <laughs> 1000. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, interesting. It, yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing looks amazing, and it's it's got the that Ninja 1000 engine that everybody's just like, ah. Yeah, in love with it's you know it sets just like the 650. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, it's got a you know gear shift gear indicator. Um, some some what else to have some other confidence accessory. Yeah, but yeah, I took some pictures of it. I think about I think about replacing the Strom, and it would either be like probably either like a new 650 or an I don't know because like the adventure bikes are getting just stupid now. <laughs> you know, the, the hype, the, the, what is it, the, the super adventure KTM that's coming out with just, you know, oh, yeah. the, we're, we're going to out idiot Ducati. <laughs> Multistrada, not the most dumb. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love all the power, but let's be honest, I, I'm, I would rather have something like a thousand cc engine with a loads of power, mm-hmm. you know, than, than the extra weight and everything else. You know where it's killing me as far as the, the CC war? Mm. The small bikes. Yeah, that's a weird place to have a CC war, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, 350, 380. Oh, yeah, well, fuck you. I got this 950. Beginner bike. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Check out this 1200. <laughs> Perfect for starters. <laughs> You just, you just push your mode button. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny how the CC you, you get a, a, a market segment established and the CC wars kick in again. And, you know, I know the versus is not really an uh, it's not a dual sport. No, no, it's it's, a, it's an up and down tour. Which you know, let's be honest, what do I use the Strom for ninety nine percent of the time? So masturbating in the garage while crying furiously. No, no. <laughs> No one has ever looked at a Strom and felt the urge. <laughs> I didn't say while looking at it, but while sitting on it. <laughs> I got places to go when I'm sitting on it. <laughs> but, you know, I, 90, if 90% of my riding is riding on the road and I like an up and down bike, the Versus is suddenly looking very attractive. Yeah, I mean, a Versus is sitting like right where the Ulysses is. Mm-hmm. To me, yeah. it's, a, it's a nice sport bike tour kind of thing. Yeah. Not a sport tour, but yeah, you know something sport sporting engine. that's a yeah. comfy tour. Yeah, yeah. And now it's got this one thousand. It's even closer to what the Ulysses was, mm-hmm. or what the AX could be. 
Um, I'm pretty sure the AX goes firmly into that even stupider category. Well, it'll be the 1200. It'll be the same motor they've got in, you know, the others. But I'm just with saying. Its, with its, with its gentle 180, 190 horsepower. Just saying, there could have been an AX there. Mm. I don't think I'd mind 190 horsepower. I think it'd be all right. I don't think it would make me do dumb things at all. You know, listening to the, seeing the text messages those guys were sending me after they test rode the SX, mm-hmm. James was like, you know what? I wouldn't even wait for the AX now if I was in the market. Really? Forgot who it was, but he was just like, you know, I, I am seriously considering an AX now. And I was just like, holy sh- fuck you guys. <laughs> So demo rides, got new bikes. I like it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get to go to even more. We get to be pressed for even more, and I actually get to go to one someday. That'd be nice. Yeah, maybe we'll get some free stuff. Mm. Oh, Scorpion's got something new coming. Do they? Yes. They, the smoke-proof suit. The smoke-proof suit. Smoke-proof suit. In January, they'll they'll talk all about their sm- new smoke-proof gear, mm. and it's going to be pretty cool. Be for use in, like, mainland China and the cities. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It'll be cool. Very cool. Mm. Mm. That's all I can say about it. Otherwise, they'll kill me. Oh. <laughs> they'll come for you. You try to use smoke to stop them, but it won't work. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Letters? Letters. All right. IT Pimp writes... <laughs> Chuck and Todd, I just finished listening to episode 120. Great stuff as usual. I've had a beard slash goatee since before Chuck had a Mustang GT, but I still hate hipsters. Don't forget Ducati's new scrambler in your hipster marketing frenzy. Well, we've, we've just remembered it now. It looks like a neat little bike, but they're definitely trying to sell it to dudes with beards and open-faced helmets and flannel shirts. Maybe it's just a throwback to when the original Scrambler was around in 1968 to 76. I think beards and flannel shirts were actually cool back then. With regard to the missing kick-ass sport touring bike segment at the end of the episode, what about the damn ninjas? Kawasaki's newest Z1000 slash Ninja 1000 is an awesome touring platform. My friend has 20,000 miles on his, mostly from longish trips across the country. It's comfy, fast, and handles better than a Concourse or FJR. The new Ninja 1Ks also have hard bags as a factory option, and last year's bikes are selling for under 10 grand due to the winter, during the winter lull. I've done many cross-country tours on my ZX-10R, pre- and post-conversion, and I currently tour on a 2007 ZX-14. Wow. (laughs) The ZX-14 is a great combination of sporty fun and all-day rideability, and the 5.7-gallon tank makes for long stretches between fuel stops, and I do it all on one wheel. (laughs) Sure, it weighs 600 pounds, but how much does a V-Strom 1000 or Ulysses weigh? About that much. Yep. Touring on a 200-mile-per-hour rocket also makes crossing the vast expanses of Wyoming, Nevada, Arizona, southern Utah, California, and Colorado much more variable. Imagine a fast-forward button for those parts of the road. <laughs> My last trip was with three other bearded guys on ZX-14s in open-faced helmets. Purely by chance, we're not a gang. We hauled ass and beard. <laughs> I recommend a good set of soft bags, a double-bubble windshield, and a good beard. Freeways are no fun. Giddy up. Now, this is Matt. That's and I call him IT pimp because Matt is responsible for the very first job I ever got in Utah. Oh wow! Yeah, he's re- he's the reason why I, I have the job I have today. Oh, okay, then. And he, I will say, likely much more flexible than me or you. Hmm. Hmm. He's not a bad writer. I've written with him a few times. Okay. So there you have it. The Ninja One Thousand, as mentioned with the versus 
Good right, on a versus, you'd, you'd be awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> the new ZX, the new uh, naked ZX, look pretty cool. I got a picture yeah. of that. Yeah, they're cool. I, I think, unfortunately for me, they just fall under all the other naked bikes. Man, I sure like to look at those and I like the idea of riding them. And then the actual experience of riding them is like, naked, I want my windshield. That FZ07 had, mm-hmm. uh, or no, I'm sorry, the FZ09 I saw had a big windshield on it sitting on uh, Yamaha's thing. Yeah, the naked bike with just a big windshield sitting on top always looks strange to me. But mm. how does it look when you're sitting in the seat? Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to check it from the seat. <laughs> Rolling rights. Guys, on today's podcast, you talked about several motorcycle looks, from Jesus and his R19 to the guy wearing his vest. Where do the looks come from, and why is it such an issue? And, as anyone on a sport bike knows, the Harley guys rarely wave. I don't know if I've ever went riding and considered my clothing other than to comply with the weather forecast or maybe a balance between safety and my beard. Without being an asshole, is the clothing a way to try and fit in or to look more experienced than you are? I know people will do anything to try and fit in, and maybe that's why I have a beard. <laughs> I, I think it's probably a little of both, honestly. I, I think the, the choice to wear clothing that is set specifically for the weather forecast uh, is one of the various looks. And we talked about before, you know, motorcycles are kind of broken up into tribes. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there is one tribe that is the the very utilitarian tribe of I'm going to go somewhere far in my motorcycle and everything else, how I look and all that is totally secondary. And there could be a tribe very close to that tribe, but they want their clothes color to match the color of their bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh huh. You keep telling yourself that. Fuck you. Victim. <laughs> Fuck you. You just keep dreaming of your beard. <laughs> I can't grow one. <clears throat> Kevin writes On episode 118, you mentioned my tweet about helmet preferences. As usual, Chuck screwed things up royally. I was wow. not looking for buying advice. I was looking for your ideas as I look for a new helmet that does not have its own proprietary Bluetooth, can use only on our damn helmet, or maybe even just this model of our helmet, and screw you for wanting to add your own generic, not ours shit on it. I looked at a few like HJC, Shoei, and Schubert. They all block the ability to add your own Bluetooth instead of making you shell it for their system, which means you cannot get the clamp mount to work on them and have to resort to the double-sided mounting tape for the system you want, which I trust about as much as I trust Chuck with my bike. Wow. It seems that most of the higher quality, i.e. expensive models, are resorting to this scheme, which means I will not buy them no matter how good they are. Their helmets are expensive enough without forcing me to pay the same amount again for their proprietary Bluetooth setup. Hmm, interesting. I've noticed actually the same problem. Um, I will say that the, the helmet manufacturers that I was, I was talking to at AIM were all kind of looking at the Bluetooth communication thing as a checkbox on features to put in the helmet. Yeah, I could see that. I'm also looking at it as a big upsell. Mm-hmm. I mean, as he points out, that the helmets, helmets are expensive, but the margin on helmets is, like most hard goods, shitty. Um, the margin on electronic gadgets better yeah yeah um, much better blink was at aim mm-hmm. they were uh, they were one of the first ones to do an integrated bluetooth mm-hmm. um i actually have one of their early helmets yeah and they were showing off essentially their next generation of uh, built-ins mm-hmm. and, oh and they're adding like a a hand grip controller as well uh, sure so that was kind of cool apparently that makes everybody nuts yeah it um, makes me feel better everyone's I, like I, I saw several different approaches. Um, some are doing like Bell where they 
they had the space for it, mm-hmm. and you add the unit after the fact, but you mm-hmm. have to have, like, you know, a Cena 10, say. A particular kind that happens to hook on. Yeah. Cena's offering um, limited models like Shoe Earth and Showy that have it all built in, like mm-hmm. he's complaining about. I haven't had run into any helmet yet that I couldn't mount my clamp to. Yeah, I haven't run... Well, the carbon fiber helmet is tricky with the clamp. Okay, I haven't tried a carbon fiber. But the, I actually ended up doing the double-sided tape. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to tell you, man, don't don't worry about the double-sided tape. Yeah, you can get... That shit gets on. Industrial it, strength. It's going to be harder to get that off than it is to break my visor off. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that stuff is, is hardcore. I mean, you can even do just industrial strength Velcro. I, honestly, I wouldn't bother. Most of them, they have a setup that I mean, my... my um, I was one of the early adopters of the scale up, mm-hmm. you know, scale. I used the double-sided sticky tape to stick to the left side of my helmet. It has been on there for five years and it is still going strong. It shows no signs of loosening or anything. Right. Yeah. I, I don't fear the double-sided sticky tape. It's actually vastly superior to the clamp because it doesn't fuck up the shape of your helmet no. and it doesn't yeah. mess up the inside padding. Yeah. I was, I, as soon as I did it, I was like, man, why didn't I do this one in the first place? Mm-hmm. So, so you would trust me on your bike? I have before. Fuck you, Kevin. It's just a strom. What are you going to do to it? Fuck you, Kevin. Well, you know what I really trust, Chuck? Is your ability to buy me a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is almost as good. I told you I don't have a budget box that says Todd. You totally do. No, I don't. If you ride my bike, you do. You just might not know it yet. You'll need to buy me a new Wii Strom and some orange paint and some green paint. Yeah. And a new Russell. Moving on. Franco uh, found a picture in an Australian Austrian motorcycle magazine called The Right Wagon. And uh, it's three people on a bike. Yes, on a 1600 GT. They had this to say. It is somewhat tricky, but control is possible. That was after the whole thing started to tilt sideways in a two-up wheelie at 60 miles per hour. Well. So, so yeah, three people putting a knee down riding a bike. I, I'm i trying to... How did this start, do you suppose? Probably with an Eiffel Tower. What's Austrian for hold my schnitzel and watch this? Probably, you know, it started with an Eiffel Tower or possibly a spit roast. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, we, uh, oh, we got Roland again. One more from Roland. Roland writes, Agree 100% with your assessment of the SR400. When looking at vintage, you have to consider the times. Motorcycles sold back then. For us local Utah people, Plaza Cycle moved to their new building, then expanded, and needed to expand again, so they added an upstairs. In 1978, the entire building was full of motorcycles. This was a year before Todd was born. No <laughs> golf carts. At one time, you could buy brand new 1978, 79, 80s, and 81s right from their showroom floor. For those pondering the purchase, here's the truth. The bike was a real shitter when introduced back in 1979, which is also what people say about Todd. Back then, it came with an extra 100 cc's and cast wheels. It is also underpowered for its 4 to 500 cc and heavy. Suspension was bad, even by 1979 standards. It was built as an answer to Honda's Ascot, but no one ever got around to asking the question. (laughs) Both were abortions from dirt bikes that were considered bad dirt bikes. The SR was a TT500 Yamaha, an overweight POS, and kicking a 400-500cc single. Good luck. Any attempts to hop one up will result in a kickback strong enough to break your ankle. The engine was overbuilt, yes, 
because the stock bike was only 200 horsepower. Vintage in general, they stopped building them like that for a reason. If you're on a vintage bike, us 50-year-olds <laughs> are laughing at you. Oh. For the time period, Honda had good brakes, and something like a 78 CX500 Honda will run circles around a 2015 SR500-400. This bike proved why the designers started using smaller displacement cylinders and more of them. Here's a guide to finding great vintage bikes. One question. Did China copy the design? If the answer is no, move along. <laughs> I'm not saying buy the Chinese copy, but they only copy the winners. Oh. That's actually a surprisingly insightful point about vintage bikes. Yeah. I'm thinking of the vintage bikes you can rely on to be absolute tanks, the Nighthawks. Yeah. There are more Nighthawk clones than I think any other clone <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, that makes sense. And they, they never, there's never a bad Nighthawk. Clearly, they think it's gonna. It, there's an audience for that bike, and it's gonna appeal to people. Yeah, it, it feels like it still feels like a Johnny Come Lately to me. Mm. Hey, we need a vintage bike. What are we? What tooling do we still have around? Arr. I mean, the only thing that kind of makes me wonder about that is Yamaha has been hitting on like so many points with other bikes, mm-hmm. like the the Bolt, C-Spec, the, you know, the FZs. Mm-hmm. They, they've really been hitting it out of the park with the bikes that they're bringing out. Yeah, I guess that, the, though, if you look at those, all of them are modern takes on the type of bike they are. They're modern takes on the type of the bike that they they're are. They're not, let's, re, let's revisit an old thing. I mean, the reason the Bolt is, you know, liked by those who like that kind of thing mm-hmm. is because it's, it, it's a modern cruiser. Mm-hmm. That's what's cool about it. But, you know, those bikes, well, I guess my point is those bikes and, and the SR400 came through that same design and approval process. I don't think they did. You the, SR, so. no, the SR400 came through the design approval process 35 years ago. Well, someone had to decide to put it back out there, though. Someone had to be like, yeah, let's let's put this in our lineup. I, I, I'm going with it was a marketing drone. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I guess we'll see. Yep, we'll, we'll it, find you know, out how, how it performs. I don't know. I don't buy it. I think there's an audience for it. Mm-hmm. If they're buying those those uh, Bell bullet helmets with the bubble shields, mm-hmm. who the fuck buys a bubble shield? Um, they're buying that bike. That's who. Well, the bubble shield doesn't pinch your beard so much when it comes down or something. They're buying that bike. That's who. Fair enough. <laughs> what What have you learned this week, Chuck? I've learned that Eric Buell has a personal vendetta against me. What have you learned, Todd? I've learned that instead of buying the Cena 20, you should have just bought two tens. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we got time for this week. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. So we'll uh, see you again soon when we get back on with our next season. Yep. Uh, we'll have some cool stuff coming. Like, I think we'll be bringing Ara back on the show. Ooh, neat. And Jen, because she gets a lot of mail. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And once I'm done with my next giant bender. (laughs) If you listen to us on iTunes, please write a review for us so that we can get some more exposure and hits. Thanks. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.